0: Kia ora Aotearoa. Rebet Hollis here and welcome to Rebet Live on Today FM. I hope your week is going well. I hope your day is going sweet and whatever it is right now when you're pushing play on this thing, I hope you are enjoying it. What is Rebet Live? Great question. Well, we've got to have a bit of context to start things off. Rebet Live is a show that we talk about, kind of this intersection of a couple of different things that I'm very passionate about. Commerce, creativity, culture community and all sorts in between we get the chance to talk to very smart people that know a lot more about things than i do and we get them on the show and i have this simple thing on my wrist that says learn share repeat and it's a bit of a mantra a bit of something that it's like who can i talk to to learn a bit more about stuff that i don't know about and so today i'm getting to learn a little bit more about the world of media marketing and brand who is my guest well i'll tell you team Her name is Nikki Greville. She's the managing director of Spark Foundry NZ. Basically, they're a full service media team on a mission to create innovative, dynamic, and impactful communication solutions fusing strategy, technology, and data. Oh, she's a weapon with over 20 years experience in the landscape. And any time I talk about media, I love getting into the mix um, because I live media, I live content. I love content and I always am intrigued to know, especially from the leadership side, how things, um how things work in that world uh don't forget if you are uh, listening to this now wherever you listen to it, you can also download the rover app on your smartphone or if you're just in spotify or itunes or wherever else you get this podcast just um, type in hashtag Rebet live and you can um subscribe scrub along and then get notifications when they pop up we're over 300 episodes now so we're starting to we're starting to learn what we're doing slowly and i think i'm starting to ask the right questions to get even you know better answers because i, I like I like learning myself and I like talking to great people and so without further ado let's get into one of these interviews with another great person her name is Nikki Greville she's the Managing Director of Spark Foundry for a bit live on Today FM Rock and roll morning, Nikki how are you
1: I'm well thanks how are you
0: I'm, well now the time zone is only three hours ahead so I feel a lot, it's a lot more in sync with Aotearoa because usually here in Silicon Valley it'll go between like five hours to three and when it goes five hours it really stuffs you because you'll be up like at you know the equivalent to like one or two in the morning New Zealand time and then you end up having to play catch up at night so what I find is in the, Ameri- the Kiwi summers I get basically a synced calendar but in the New Zealand winters I get stuffed and I end up doing like <laughs> way later totally busy, busy, not good at night times, and so I am very happy that it is a lot more sync. So because of the time well, calendars and changes, I'm feeling a lot more normal, which is nice.
1: Well, to be fair, I think in New Zealand winters we're all a little bit stuffed. It's been a, a doozy here for bugs during the rounds, and um, but it's a beautiful day and it's warm, so I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Ready to rumble. Hey, so yeah, totally. um, um, I, I, we were speaking just before we came on that anytime um, I get to speak to someone that's in you know, media and at this intersection between creativity and commerce, I get very excited, not just because like, I obviously love it, but I'm always just really intrigued at um, an industry that's so fast paced and so fast moving, constantly evolving and the constant tension between new technology and new media and this, and it becomes this, it's this ongoing disco dance of business and tech within (laughs) the media sector, which I just, I just love, I'm just, I guess, drawn to it. So maybe I'll rewind back a a bit for it. If if you were to say to your 10 year old self that in years to come, Nikki, you're going to be running the ship of one of these coolest big agencies in this, in this media landscape, would you have believed yourself or what would you have told yourself? We'll start there. (laughs)
1: What would I have told myself? Um, I would have believed it because I think at that age I had decided I wanted to be um, about 10 different things and that I was determined I could do all of it. So people would ask me when I was little what I wanted to do and I'd say I'm going to be a lawyer and a doctor and I'm going to be a vet. And, you know, the list just went on. So, um, yep, I think I always had a, a pretty strong sense of independence um, from a young age and really great parents who kind of just sort of said the world is your oyster and go do what you've got to do, um, which was super great. Um, what would I tell my young self? Um, what I tell a lot of the young crew at my, um, at my place these days is um, it's only margarine. Uh, oh, and by that, I mean um, all of that change, all of that work, all of the creativity, all of the pressure. Um, and at the end of the day, we're here to sell things and emotionally connect with people. And sometimes that's just margarine. Um, hmm. So, you know, um, it's a good way to kind of go, okay, yep, yeah, cool. We work in a great industry. There's a l- Change is the thing that's the constant. Um, it's a thing that's accelerated beyond belief in the last little while. Um, but we're here to understand what people want and that's, that's a consistent thing. And it's quite a calming thing. Um, Hmm. I'd probably also say to my young self, um, you know, you think you're tired, you're not, (laughs) you've got no idea. (laughs)
0: Well when you got two because you've got two toddlers I've got two <laughs> girls three and five and you've you've got two. So I, how old are they? I've I? got
1: four and a four. six and a half year old, so yep, and um and a full time working husband. So yeah, we're busy and um I do have a giggles to myself often when I hear amazing young people being, you know, saying, Oh, I'm so exhausted on a Monday and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> Got no idea, <laughs> so, but don't worry, you're good.
0: So perfect little mini segue to that point around the margarine is that is the calming effect of that a zoomed out perspective of taking into context, the bigger actual picture and changing the lens of how, you, how you see things and then keeping yeah. that as the overarching sort of macro f- filter of, of perspective for things like obviously that's part of your, I guess, like mental operating system with how you view things. But do you see it the same way of that constant mirror back of, of perspective to, to really put yeah. things, with how they are
1: yeah for sure so um one of the people that i speak to a lot who who supports me uh mentors me um a lot always talks about uh you know us as leaders being the climate and every day we're dealing with our team so in the weather and just that higher kind of view to go this may feel huge in a day and you know also acknowledging and not underestimating how people are feeling but kind of going this is our industry and creativity is fun and the work is amazing um, but it's not the end you know it's not the be all and end all if we don't quite get it right or we don't get through the mountain so it's just taking that view you know at a broader level and it is it's a bit freeing and it's a great reminder and it generally it's one of those things that makes people laugh and then you can t- kind of just talk to them about how they're feeling and um, that kind of thing
0: do you feel it's i i i'm always strong by so many people that are at leadership positions feel the same way but do you think it's kind of weirdly and ironically almost like emotionally or psychologically hypocritical when, when you get to, on the way up the mountain, it's like, this is the most important thing in the world. And as soon as you get to the top, you're like, none of this stuff matters. And we're on to the next, no, and I I've, I've, talk, I've, I've talked about it before, where when I was in my early twenties, I was, you know, the alpha, the rah-rah, I want to go do whatever, and I want to destroy the world and all this stuff. And the second I had my daughter, I was like, and none of that matters at all. Yeah. And everything else is blah. It literally doesn't, whatever. Do you feel? The, the the change of the headspace of what was that either moment that made that thing flip or I'm interested in that because on the way up everyone's you know I always have this saying it's like you know even if you win the rat race you're still a rat but on the come up you're chasing 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 but so many leaders almost all of them are just like yep yeah, and it's not actually about this it's about the feelings and the people and the balance and the this and the that you know how do you feel about that?
1: i think the resilience and the perspective really evolves and i think you've got to acknowledge that you know a year ago i was worrying about things coming into a new role um that i'm not today Uh, so it does change over time there are certainly defining moments i think um for me personally one of the biggest like watershed moments in my career was some training, which, you know, I kind of, a lot of us in the senior levels look at quite cynically, which is, you know, there's always a healthy dose of cynicism in, in advertising. But um, I did this training a few years ago and it was only about strengths. It wasn't personality typing and all that kind of stuff. It was going deep into what are you really good at? What's your magical secret source, and then what it did is it kind of went how about you approach every single situation only thinking about the context of strengths and other people's strengths and it just changed everything for me i i am a cut path full person and i talk a lot about that about how to just be positive and go okay what can i control what can't i control let's look at this cup half full, but that moment made me look at the whole world differently. You know, I'd had years and years and years of reviews and like, you know, that's changed heaps, thank God. But the, instead of kind of going, what, what are your weaknesses? What could you be better at? Which is such a thing that happens to leaders on the way up. You know, oh, I know my weaknesses. And I'm like, do you? I'd rather know about your strengths. Because why, after 20 years of working, would you go, could you just change? That'd be ideal. Mm. Feels like a real attack on personalities. And I think it just made, it kind of made that moment where I went, oh, okay, I'm just going to stop trying to be a leader that I think everyone else wants and actually just going to go with what I'm really good at. And all of a sudden I was so much happier and the people around me were thriving and it's, it's this win-win cycle. Um, that was a, really amazing <laughs> yeah so is
0: it is it like <clears throat> enough self awareness to have almost like deliberate blinders on where it 's not when you're young and naive, just just dawdling around it 's actually like I know this stuff exists, but my focus is here because when i I always have my math of like one plus one equals three of like if I just do my a game and my partner does the a game, stuff the rest of it instead of me trying to do b b at everything is it did you think of it like a bit of a mental filter of of like a different operating system to approach?
1: issues um for me kind of it's sort of like walking into any scenario and obviously you do all your prep and you work out you know who's in the rooms and what situation you're working walking into um but what i'm really aware of is what i don't know i don't know what kind of nights my clients have had previously i don't know what their day's been like generally like i don't know really what my team's, you know, living situations might be all the time. So if I walk in and I'm humble and, and appreciate what I don't know, and can try and work out where they're really good and where those people excel, you can have more open conversations. And so I think it's it's sort of part a filter and part a, an approach um, to kind of ensure that I'm sort of authentically we, you know really communicating properly with them um so yeah so, it,
0: so, so yeah i was going to ask nikki so when you went to that and you're talking about this sort of this magic secret source, when you think about the strengths what were the key things that you really identified for yourself that was the superpower uh. that really differentiated yourself <laughs> from others was it like a thing a moment a trait or what was it
1: um a combination i mean, I kind of i wasn't surprised but it was really freeing uh mine was all about um collecting and building stars funnily enough so um identifying skills and getting a real joy out of building them uh and surrounding myself with them it's exactly what i'm doing at the moment in terms of my team right and um strategic um analysis at a kind of very big level um, so high-level high perspective on um, on kind of business and analysis um, and some of the nerdy bits behind all of that. So you, you get like a full rundown of your kind of combination of things in this particular training. There's tons of different kinds of strengths training. But for me, it's sort of become a little bit more of a philosophy and kind of how I approach every situation and every human I come across.
0: Well, it's a very... Um lethal combination from a leadership's perspective where it's if it's empowerment at the bottom but also analysis at the top, then it's like you get the strat right and then you go to work where it matters like that. That bridge between the C-suite to the streets, I call it, usually gets disconnected. Like, you know, there's not, it's so, the amount of amazing leaders who, get it in their head but they and then it comes down to communication of like can they actually clearly articulate and refine those things in a a, yep. a simple digestible way for those that are in the streets as as you'd say to be able to to, to get to it. and not many people can you know and the story tell, this this secret sauce feels that comes around the way that a lot of these leaders can do it is around storytelling and be able to 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 yep. paint that north star and drive it do you feel this, the same way so you're smiling there like does that kind of resonate <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things we talk about a lot at, at Spark Foundry is story doing. So just oh. taking that a little step further and because, you know, like we, we live in the world of brands, right? We, we give a lot of advice. There's not one conversation at the moment that doesn't involve the word transformation. Um, <laughs> uh, knowing who you are, either in a leadership sense or as a brand is probably the first step. You know, it's what I say. Always work out your who. Who are you? Who will you be? But um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's, yeah. You're talking about
0: think, sto- story doing. So what's the sto- difference between storytelling and story doing?
1: Well, I think, yeah, so the, the... For me, one of the frequently had conversations we have, particularly with respect to brands, but it's so applicable to people, is... You can tell stories out there. We can go and buy you stuff. We can talk about it. You can put this image out there, but what we see now, and you know what is so important for the important for the context of where we put messages and how we are is the authenticity of what you're doing. Hmm. And so, you you know, I think from a personal perspective um what i've seen in leadership for so so long was you know do as i say for many 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 years and then i think we've had a groundswell of change in almost every industry possible not all of them but hopefully all of them soon and what you do and how you behave and therefore the authenticity of what you're saying to people um is really, really important. So story do, not just story tell. Don't just say it, walk the walk. So
0: there's something that I love about that and it brings me straight into mid-COVID lockdown period when there was (laughs) such a visual disconnect between the perception and reality of Instagram travel influencers, where (laughs) 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 it was... This whole world that had been built around the perfection of this Instagram-polished, you know, life of whatever, and then the reality of so much of it was just so disconnected. So there was always this, this sort of gap. And then when I look at then, if you even the say the growth of TikTok and stuff as well, it's not necessarily that. Like yes, you could talk about algorithm and data, whatever. But what it felt like was people felt so much more relatable and approachable and engageable when it's them in their t-shirts or their sweatpants doing a dance in the kitchen at their house yeah. than this polished photoshopped thing with the jet and then barley you know doing whatever it may be and it was it almost became like what was seen as this 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 pillar of awesomeness all of a sudden was like oh no that's fake that's not actually, that's not actually real real is you rolling over with your you know saggy track pants on or whatever it may be do you feel that 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 thing of story doing is that actually exactly into that segue of like authenticity in its entirety for a brand right like and how do you it almost feels like there's a mental shift that potentially has happened maybe the last five years where it's gone from the polish and perfection to the actual reality of the b reels of the world or TikToks. what's your take on i guess the shift of headspace between what is reality when it comes to branding
1: i think it's huge i think it's one of the biggest topics in fact we've got we're holding a an event with TikTok in two weeks, just on that. <laughs> so I can't take away all the all the good stuff we'll be talking about there. Um, and you can see the rise of Be Real, right? And the, and the point of it. I think um, th- th- there was you Know that really interesting point in COVID where um, trust, global trust, which is something I follow avidly, um, you know, switched from you know, it's generally in the last few years been very much in, um, in peers, right? Friends and family are so important. And for a wee while, that switched back to traditional news, which is the first time in decades that that happened. And that was really interesting to me because it was a I guess a signifier, a huge backlash of, you know, the fake news and the, you know, the, the goodness knows how much around governments and vaccines and what was happening, and everyone had an opinion and not one was necessarily right per se. But boy, was it stressful, and um, you know. And then I guess with the, the kind of longer term impact of something like that, looking at realness and authenticity and going, oh, I've just had enough of the, the, the stress polish, of opinions but, and uh, yeah. what's real, what's not, and the polished, and we, there was no one travelling, so cool, let's actually work out what homes are like and what that means. Um, yeah, it was certainly a defining moment, and again, the discussions we have with our clients all the time is how to work out what authenticity means to them, because advertising for for many 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 moons was you know holding mirrors up and mirrors of what people thought might be ideals and mm. now there's a whole generation coming through going I'm not going to follow people who make me feel bad and also I don't want that and also could I just have a brand that you know is okay with themselves and speaks to me and there's almost every big corporation kind of going oh how do we do that um, a lot of it actually lies I think in you know that work out who you are and and you know oftentimes one thing we chuck at our clients is to go well have you thought about yourself as a challenger and in in, in any situation even if you're leading a category what are you challenging and what kind of challenger will you be and how does that then shape how you talk to people and where um and i think that um yeah the the Kind of big brands haven't necessarily nailed the TikToks and goodness knows how they're going to do the B-reels, but there's also an element there of control. This is a huge generation where they are just used to control at their fingertips and you've got to to seed some of that over to them and and brands are not used to that.
0: No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if it wasn't for COVID, if there would have, wouldn't would have been such a fast shift away to this more, the craving of authenticity. And it, it almost feels from a brand perspective, is it right to say that for many years, these brands and stuff were seen as these kind of, these these aspirational heroes, but now the actual need and actual want for it is, I want more of a trusted friend as a brand. So it's kind of, it's, do you think it's humanized down a bit more? Or do you think it's still a bit aspirational hero-ish?
1: I think there's both. I think an aspirational hero can be your neighbour. Mine was um, in lockdown. I think the thing is, is uh, acknowledging that there's so many kinds of heroes. So which one will you be? That's the point where the challenger approach is going. He's not just, it's not just like, you know, we're the new guys. It's going, there's any different way to be a challenger. There's, a, you know, coming in and being a rock star. There's a cowboy. There's, you know, you know, completely subverting an entire category. There's, um being the real and trusted friend. So, you know, I think any any one of those approaches helps you define your who.
0: Well, I was just writing down, is it gone from Hollywood hero to hometown hero?
1: Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Could you know?
1: yeah. Certainly I think there was there's, there's um there was certainly that from from we to me, big trend we saw from lockdown one, goodness knows when that is it feels like a very long hazy time ago. Um And that, you know, that sense of community getting kind of really hyper-localised and now we're kind of back out again and then in and then out, depending on where we were with lockdowns. Um, But there's definitely a defining trend. Do I think it was accelerated? Potentially. Do I think that generation would have demanded it anyway? Yeah. Because they're growing up in a world where everything is, you know, everything is instant, where their interactions with brands are instant, you know, it, it, it's, it's an expectation that it's actually all, you know, the more human, ironically, you need to be as a brand, the better your technology has to be.
0: And also on that as well, one of the things with, with tech is, you know, these waves come and these pockets happen, they expand and blow up and the, the, the wave sort of sh- seems to move. But, you know, I think about the the strategy of say facebook to snapchat when they first came out snapchat comes mm-hmm. closed off one-to-one on this side facebook goes open to all connect everyone and then over time you find your way in this middle where now you've got kind of instagram with its close friends and whatever and it's like these these but they both were technically winning strategies that became billion dollar businesses on both sides yep. so even though they're totally different strategies it's funny that how then human nature put, squeezes it on each side to find where what it actually wants wants out of it so mm-hmm. now when we sit at um oh sorry what were you gonna say say
1: I was just going to say, I've always been intrigued by what feels intuitive. And I think it does kind of change and ebb and flow based on way bigger trends, you know, around behaviours and uh, trust and Mm. confidence and things like that. So what we want and need, um, you know, Any kind of economic strife or hard times generally tends to accelerate technology. We know that. Um, But what intuition looks like and and where we go as humans, you look at QR codes, we had all written those off. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they were thing, and now they're not again. Or they kind of are. Like, are they? Aren't they? You know, like, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, especially within that tech spot of who leads who leads in a specific tech to make it pop enough? You know, if you get a nostalgic mm. pop with technology with a Pokemon Go versus a little, um, you know, NFC little blue chip reader for your data or whatever it may be, it's yeah. like they, they keep trying to to go up. But t- to that point, you said two things there which I was interested in, Nikki, You said trust and confidence. So mm. if you if you are listening to this right now and um, you run a brand or own a business and you think about trust and confidence, how would you recommend the average Kiwi business owner approach marketing with trust and confidence at the, at the top of the, the, the pillar, where do you think, what questions should they be asking yourself, or where should the their energy be going to try and find solutions for the issues that they may have?
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, always you're going to look at it through the lens of what category you're kind of operating in, but trust, um, looking at how it's evolved, right? So old trust was hierarchical and, um, you know, stature, and and things like that new trust is transparency authenticity and and technology to enable that you know and and lots more but broadly speaking who what are you there to create for what need what are you helping with solving what have you um why what's your why and therefore who you know, the brand bit around that. And there's way smarter people who obviously design that. Um, if you stick true to that and understand your who you are and what it is you're creating and for whom, um, then the trust should come from there. It's easy to build a story around that because it's fundamentally authentic, stemming from inside your organisation. Uh, confidence. Confidence. <clears throat> That was kind of, I guess, me looking at, like, broader economic kind of factors, right? How confident people are feeling in, you know, in the country, in the world. Uh, Is it the right time? And that's where you get kind of the experts coming in, again, from a category lens to go, you know, what our teams do, right? Right time, right place, right moment. It's all about the context of how, when, why, where. Um, and kind of putting those two things together and then you're going to get magic.
0: So so to that point- Basically the, our your, jobs. <laughs> yep. So with the what, what, what's your why, do you feel, who's the best leader and business that you've seen in sync where the why of the leader was directly aligned with the why of an organisation? Has there been someone that instantly jumps out to you that has just been, that alignment between authentic leadership of an organisation plus the missions and drivers of the organisation as well? Have you seen that much?
1: A lot, yeah, I have, but in actual fact, I'm gonna get real cheesy here and go, um, the um, CEO of Spark Foundry, my agency in Australia, Greatest human in the world, she's epic. It's not cheesy. And
0: it's not cheesy. You just, you it's your she, quarterly review coming up, is it? Is, it? is it? Is it?
1: <laughs> no, but she's, um she's just really clear, and her people are really clear, and it's a, it's a kind of a turnaround story, right? In a couple of years, and just built that brand understands what they're there to do. Um, And it's one that I'm close to, so that's why I sort of feel like I have the ability to talk about it. Because, you know, ultimately I can look at leaders and I can look at political leaders. We could go anywhere with that question. And um, it's the context of the inner workings of the organisations and what I know best is where I am. And that's that's that point around context, right, is I don't quite know. (laughs) I could look at any number of leaders in New Zealand who I think are super Um, culturally, do I know if day to day works? No. What I do know is what I see and go, I'm going to, you know, build that for my team. And I am culturally with a, you know, great big authentic media agency that works its socks off and has cultural fluency at its heart and amazing strategists. And yeah, so that's what I see and what I know. Um, well, it's so when yeah. you
0: pray, it's when you live and uh, breathe it as well. Uh, for those who are just yeah. uh, join in, this is Red Live on Today FM, talking with Nikki Greville, the Big Boss at Spark Foundry. Um, I'm I'm interested in that that point around sometimes the perception versus reality of leaders, whether it be mm-hmm. politicians or whatever, yeah. from the veil of what you see on the outside to the sound bites to the the engines behind it. What's been the most surprising thing that you have found around? Uh, around sometimes the disconnect between external optics and internal realities of an organization and stuff, because I've got some thoughts on it as well, but I'm interested in yours
1: <laughs> Oh, the most surprising thing. Um, I think you know underestimating how much time you need to spend on just people and with people and understanding them is probably at your peril, um, you know, and I think, it's the biggest amount of time and it's the most rewarding thing. Um, And we talked earlier before we started recording about, you know, how mental health is across, broadly speaking. And, you know, you do a lot of cheerleading and a lot of absorbing and a lot of supporting um, all the time. Um, Well, certainly I do. And um, perhaps there's a perception that that's lessened you know, the higher up you go, in actual fact, I think it's probably the reverse, particularly at the moment. Um, what else? I think we talked earlier about, I, I think there's a lot of leaders out there who do an incredible job, but are still trying to be um, what they think others want to see. Instead of just working out their own why and, and their own strengths, Um, and playing to that and it's a really hard thing, you know, to get to and amongst the quagmire of business and the pressure of margins and profitability and all that good stuff and people um, but certainly I find that that knowing what you're good at and really ensuring that you stay true to that and you know what your why is every morning is really, really important.
0: One that seems counterintuitive but something that I've kind of seen is the more gnarly, extroverted out there, alpha, rah, rah, loud, external CE, usually not as much time in the weeds of others' emotions within it that are fully like more more listening than talking. I I've, There's a little thing that I've sort of noticed because sometimes the gnarliest, there'll be, there'll be certain leaders I'll look at from afar and I'm like, man, that, that doesn't seem like that much of a flipping weapon and I'll talk to people close and they're like, no, no, no it's he's actually gnarly like he will the the and then you start hearing all these filtered stories about what he how he's actually moving or the way they're working or whatever and it's always it surprises me sometimes with sometimes those who i think would be the most epic actually suck and then sometimes those that look kind of bland are just stealth just weapon hitters with like emotions and people and reading rooms and all that stuff right exactly exactly
1: Different but strengths. The... there's so many kinds of leaders I think leadership has changed to acknowledge that now you know like I think and that's such a great thing isn't it you know empathy is such a huge part of leadership today and you look back I look back and laugh 10 years ago like you know had I have been sitting here talking about that I wouldn't have believed myself at that point you know yeah. um yeah so I think you know different strengths different ways of leading it's all um you know Really acknowledged these days. Um, I d- I was sitting in a, a in a mental health panel we did across Australia and New Zealand, and I um, it was quite terrifying actually. People asking um, anonymous questions, and uh, we had a psychologist with us, which was really important because there are some things from a duty of care perspective that we just don't know or can't answer. Um, and it, you know, there's some pretty heavy stuff being asked, and Someone asked about, um, you know, whether, um, you know, being ambitious to be a leader, but whether they would be overlooked by acknowledging that they were feeling, you know, a lot of mental pressure. And I kind of sat there and went, you know, do you, one thing that is hugely contradictory is to assume that we as leaders don't have that as well. You know, like I'm sitting here trying to recover, after years of imposter syndrome. I'm just going to tell you that. But don't assume that we don't have, that we're not entirely human, and go home at the end of the night and go, whew, that was a day? Crikey, you know? (laughs) So I think people forget, right, when you're at this other level and you're trying to, you know, ensure that you're giving them space to be themselves and communicate and be empathetic and listen, but also give advice and then try and, you know, on the flip side, go and run a business that you're not, you don't have your own things. Everyone does, of course they
0: do. But this is, I'm just thinking for childhood, you know, as a child, anyone who's bigger than you, you think knows more than you because they're an adult. (laughs) And just by default, and then weirdly enough in the business world, whether it's the corporate food chain or whatever, when you're the young buck on the come up, if they've got a senior title, they must be smarter. They must be perfect. Everything's good. And if you're at the top, it's the sometime there's a visual disconnect of this, you know, ivory tower of what they think it is. In reality, you know, everyone's got the, everyone's got their stuff, which is kind of exactly on that point of this mental health side. So, yeah. I'm I'm keen to dig into here just for for a, a second. What do you? Th- a lot of the mental health noise lately feels like it's kind of tick the box campaign bullshit blah from some people and some of it's actually real. So, and a lot of it, I mean, it is real, but how do you feel the conversation is changing towards it? And I guess as an industry or or a a nation leaning into it. And what do you think, how do you think this, I'm not going to say story of this, this awareness of mental health, or this engagement of it actually is going to play out and change business in the next 10 years.
1: Oh, wow, that's a big one. Okay, so I think the noise is good irrespective of whether it's um, truly creating change and doing change uh, versus jumping on a bandwagon because it's something that is a hugely systemic issue that must be dealt with. So the more noise there is, the more likely people are to, okay what am i going to do about it um i think organizations corporations are busy you know updating policies and getting sorted for now i think for new zealand specifically i won't comment on the rest of the world because the bureaucracy of each country is going to be different however this is a long, 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 decades long standing issue and it isn't a quick fix but it is something we need to look at with a very long lens. So 10 years probably isn't even enough. It is, you know, I I feel so much joy when I hear about the amazing programs. I think Mighty is one where they're teaching teachers how to build things into curriculum and whilst that is not about asking teachers to do a psychology role, it is about equipping them to equip our young people with tips, tricks, and abilities to cope. Um, I think corporations are busy doing the same, so it's all good, uh, but our health system, that's the long-term thing. And it, mm. it isn't an easy one. And I, I, I kind of applaud anyone that gets into politics and into uh, you know, our DHBs and so on to, to try to change those things. I, what I can see is the positivity of talking about this. And, you know, certainly from our, you know, the holding company that I work for, Publicis, they have done so, 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 so much. And it is hugely appealing to our staff and incredibly important to know they have a big organisation that has all of these things available to, them to help them cope. That is just one bit though, The the actual, you know, health support for it is, is a whole other thing and a very long term one. Um, but it certainly needs to change. And I think the more noise we've got, the more ability we've got to do and, and change and, you know, demand it.
0: Well, even I, I always Think about the John Cohen thing where he became yeah. almost the tr- the tr- he, he was the Trojan horse for, for tough men to talk about the thing and they could throw him under the buses, yep. the case of the JKs, whatever. That's obviously shifting across. And obviously, it's been accelerated through COVID, but the long tail of it, like even in the States, looking at some of the data, a whole bunch more, I think it was like 200% more uh, prescriptions have been done for stimulants for children now playing catch up for all of this stuff that they have, they've lost the schooling, the long tail of COVID and the health. And the, like, I remember even, um, through COVID for a couple of years, you know, there were children that were born that don't know how to play with other people and they, because they haven't I seen know. another kid and that long tail, I mean, I've got, you know, daughters three and five now, but I'm looking at it going, huh, I think, yes, the world's opening back up and we're expanding back out. But this long tail of emotional damage, psychological damage, financial damage, spiritual damage, everything is, is way, way bigger. And it is, I, I think you've got a good point there, Nikki, that the, this awareness becomes just the marketing arm to make noise about the thing, but then after you get the awareness, you get the education, which helps with the execution to actually go and do do the thing. But what I'm, I guess, what I'm wondering from a leadership perspective now is, when you are looking out into you know 2023 and and beyond, when you think of prioritization and trying to have a safer space for those within your organization. Is there? Do you have a couple of things that you do to approach it to, to create, help try and create a more safer space with how are people feeling? Is there ways you sort of check in, like you said before about, you know, you don't know if the client's had a bad night last night or whatever. It's very it's a very meta next level sort of thing. Are there specific questions you ask yourself on a day-to-day basis with with your team silently that you may not say to others, but you at least check in with yourself? Um,
1: with myself, yes. I'll kind of get to that. With the team... Um, one thing that I missed dearly in lockdowns was how how much I relied on nonverbal cues. And so what, I think one of the and it's hard with flex right so we're 100 percent flex we've got people all over the place but what certainly i try to do is have a walk around and look at body language and i think in entering any situation part of understanding the context of walk, what are you dealing with um is as much about what's not being said and how people are holding themselves how their faces are um as well as just a, how are you are you okay? With my team, um, it just—I think—approaching it with humbleness and authenticity, and being knowing that they can come and talk to me about anything—is um, really important. It's a different kind of dynamic when you're with clients per se, but um, I think all in all, people feel more enabled to talk about these things. Certainly from my perspective, it's when it's not being talked about, but you can sense that's the bit that really concerns me. And um, uh, I think a lot about duty of care and leadership and where it stops. It's a really grey area, right? You know, like how far is too far in terms of personal and um, the reality is, is that it's different with every situation and every person. You kind of have to just, you know, through experience. And I've got an amazing people and culture team who help me all the time with that. I ring up and go, what should I do in this situation or this situation? So I pull the levers I need to around the place to kind of understand more about what, how I might approach things. Um, but I think the more authentic and kind of trusted you are, the, the, the easier those conversations will be and i think i'm you know transparency and um and that kind of thing are really helpful as well. so mm, personally though yeah no like, oh, there's a whole other raft of stuff that i do personally. <laughs> now manage. what do you do? um do you know one thing i do i get really sick of people saying to me just you know take an hour out of the day and i want to like <laughs> fritz be my laptop out the window and go are you kidding me my diary is like a really horrible game of Tetris from the eighties. Like it's just, (laughs) you know, I don't get like a lot of downtime. So what I do, which I find really great is I just do little tiny micro moments. So every single day I um, say to myself in my head, at some point, not even at the same time every day, I just go today, I'm really thankful for this. And it's a super way to feel better i breathe which is you know ideal for living but also um a big deep breath is so good um i remind myself that you know it's just margarine it's just media (laughs) um and i read and i have an awesome family right so you know but I, i like my switch off is um I read, I don't read fiction, I only read non-fiction, and I read every single night, even if it's just a page, just to switch off, you know? Yep, so, there's, yeah.
0: there's, there's a lot in there. So um, when wife was having baby number two, we were at the, the hospital, and outside each of the, the doors where they, before the nurses come in, there was a sign on every single door through the whole hospital, and it, in big, big pink letters it says, pause and center. Yeah. And each time a nurse got to the door, they would stop and you could, and, and I, I noticed it real quick, like I'm OCD. I see like lots of the details and every time I was like, huh, they're balancing the energy before they walk in. They don't want to come in with anything else, that energy off or the, or that, that vibe weird. And one of the things to, when you're talking about walking around, I will, I will look at the eyes Yeah. and I look and I just look at, I, le- I just look at the eyes and I'm like, okay, cool. And they'll be like, oh, how, how's things? And they answer. and they say, good. And I'll go, actually and so i wait and then so that will be my like little thing and then the other mm-hmm. one I, I do is i i put in my my uh your calendar's probably similar it's a color coordinated with all sorts of different stuff but every time there's i have like green little pockets for personal and I ho- i'll i do like random check-ins and i'll literally facetime random i'll just scroll up in my phone and just facetime someone no need <laughs> no nothing and just check in and be like yo what's up how's the thing they're like and it's this bit of sh- sh- a bit of shock and all but it's also that thing of you know sometimes it's very easy to chameleon through the front, right? Like, yeah, everything's sweet. And then you get out and it's just like, oh, fuck. You yeah, know? But,
1: particularly with leaders, right? Like people yes. do that. They're like, I'm totally fine. And I'm like, no, you know, I can see you're it's 10 p.m. You're working. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, um, I,
0: I definitely get it. Um, before we go, last question. I'm trying to think of it on the spot, but I'm interested in this one. When you think of your legacy of leadership in 20 years for some, you know, Ooh. young buck that's just on the come up that's like, "Oh man, in 2022, 3 I had, you know, Nicky and You you you. <laughs> how would you how would you like them to think about your impact in two decades from now when they're the new big dogs and you're off into the sunset kicking <sighs> your feet up with some mai tais? <laughs> um
1: in a couple of ways, I would love to be thought of as an enabler. So someone who helped them see their strengths and their path uh, or paths. Um, Simple as that. And then, I don't know, my definition of certainly when I walked into this position um, was, you know, my definition of what a good leader might look like was to build something that endured far beyond me. So something that had strength and that was fundamentally, culturally wonderful. And mm. that's about the great mix of people and all of the processes and all the cool tech and all the innovation and all of the work, all of that mix of stuff is really about the right group of people, structured in the right way to succeed far beyond, you know, what I you know, what my tenure might be. So and
0: that's that's what a I'd great it's le- a great legacy to have. I really appreciate your your time, Nikki. Best of luck with all the rest of it. I hope you're reading a good nonfiction book. What are you what are you reading at the moment? <laughs> what, what what book are you on right now?
1: Oh, I can't even remember the titles I read so many. I'm actually looking for a new one. So if Ooh. any if you have any good suggestions. Jim Collins uh, good to great. Excellent. I think what was the last one I read? It was um Daisy something in the six really great like kind of one about rock and roll and um, all about LA Uh, it's it's almost like reading a real kind of um, behind the scenes view of um, of rock and roll through the 60s and 70s in LA super great. Yeah, Daisy Jones in the sixth
0: year. Anyway, that sounds like some good times. I'd, I'd, I'd watch the Docker on that one.
1: Yeah, um, sure. Appre- <laughs>
0: appreciate your day. Enjoy the rest of it and um, have an you awesome too. one. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks. It was awesome.
1: Cool. Take care. Thanks,
0: Nikki. Cheers. See you. Bye. What an epic banter on Rebecca Live with Nikki Greville, the MD at Spark Foundry. Hot topics there, you know, having a bit of perspective. Things are margarine understanding about empowerment at the bottom but also strategy at the top bit of a lethal combo with with um, with leadership the real long tail of mental health which we all know is going to become a huge issue in years to come you know thinking about leadership where many are trying to think about what others want to see from them instead of them being themselves this idea of you know what becomes the, the Hollywood hero that we used to look up to to the hometown hero of the person next to her who genuinely actually gives a shit about you this old trust versus new trust. You know, there's just so much, there's so much in there, which I, you know, even though it's media and tech and stuff, I get all that. When you when you zoom out for a second, these same themes and these same ideas and these same concepts, they all apply to, to everything else, regardless what industry you're in. So I really appreciate the time that she had for us and hopefully you learned some as well. Uh, don't forget you can download this uh, podcast wherever you're at, uh, on your phone, uh, download the Over app or if you're on your Spotify or whatever it is where you get your podcast, just type in for hashtag RebetLive. live. Hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Whatever you're doing, be good, be great. And before you finish, I have to bring over my little my little booklet my mum my gave me and she's handwritten a whole book of things. Here we go. Uh, today's little uh, mama's tip of the day is it's the tiny things in life that can make an impression you can enjoy sitting on a mountain but not on a pin that's <laughs> actually pretty good mum. it's the tiny things in life that can make an impression you can enjoy sitting on a mountain but not on a pin huh let's probably back to the perspective thing as well <laughs> it's actually pretty good good one mum. um <laughs> i like it Alright team, enjoy whatever you're up to for the rest, go on, smash it, be good, be great and uh, enjoy the ride as you're on it. See you soon team, peace.